Welcome to Job Fair Podcast. Today you have Cody Meeks, me, again, your host. But today I have with me Jonathan Ewing, a uh, franchisee partner with Amici's. Uh, correct me if I said any of the terms wrong. I kind of get mixed up between franchisee and franchisor. But I'm going to let him uh, give himself uh, a little bit of a brief interview and talk about kind of like his career and how he got to the point where he's at now. Sure. Um, more than glad to. Um, yeah, so uh, I, like Cody said, um, my name is uh, Jonathan Bob Ewing. Um, I started out at Amici Milledgeville uh, as a dishwasher back in 2001, um, just coming to college at uh, Georgia College and just taking the job as I, as I found and was hired for. Um, a friend of mine worked there at the time and uh, just kind of fell in love with the concept and the place itself, uh, also with the town that, that is Milledgeville and the surroundings. Um, as I went through college uh, and as I grew within the company there at Amici, uh, I slowly uh, took on more roles. Um, I do and, and did graduate from Georgia College with a master's in biology and a minor in uh, chemistry. And so uh, I do have those degrees, but ended up um, focusing on, for my career, uh, more of the business side of things and the, uh, the restaurant industry side. I went back and did a few continuing education classes at Georgia College and with the, um, the small business uh, administration of, of the state of Georgia for just learning about business in itself, I would suggest if anybody's listening um, to possibly maybe just go with general business. <laughs> it is very helpful. Um, or, or even I, I wish I might have even done kind of economics or CPA towards things because, man, I, we pay our CPA not a ton of money but a, a good deal of money, and they do a lot of things <laughs> for us, and I love them for it. Um, but... <clears throat> My business partner, who I met actually at Amici Milledgeville when we were coming up, um, John Jorner, he was a line cook at the same time. We ended up just kind of talking it out where uh, I rose up to the ranks of, um, of general manager by the time of 2008 uh, at this time, and he was our kitchen manager, still being run as a corporate location. And he uh, expressed the idea of maybe me and him buying this one location in Milledgeville together and, and taking it on as a franchise, which uh, Michi, the corporation, had just started uh, in 2008 doing franchises. And um, if you might remember how 2008 was back then, it wasn't a great year to try to think about doing a lot of business things. Um, stock market was not the best uh, stuff was kind of crashing but uh, we looked into 2009 as a potential bigger year which it was for us um, we took over Amici Milledgeville as of January 1st 2009 as our first location hmm. um, and then uh, we kind of took that uh, place there made it into our own still in Amici sell everything, but John and I kind of put our um, twist on things uh, of just making it a little bit more homey kind of kind of way. Um, in 2000, I want to say 13, we took over, it was already an Amici location um, at, uh, at Lake Oconee, which is about 45 minutes from Milledgeville. Um, mm -hmm. it, was, it was already an Amici, but it was run... Uh, by uh, somebody that had not been in the food industry before, and they just kind of were doing it at will, um, not following some <laughs> recipes. And that was kind of a, a big no-no for, obviously, for a brand that was trying to kind of come up and have its name, and more so just in middle Georgia and the state of Georgia, known for going from location to location. But uh, my business partner, John, took it over as our second location, um, we ran it great. We actually even moved it a little bit uh, in the same center, 
about foot up the hill a little bit and probably doubled the sales within the amount of time that we had it. We, uh, we bought it in 13 and then actually ended up selling it uh, to another franchisee in, uh, in 2018. Um, and uh, a husband and wife are running it now as their first Samichi location. Um, that was our first time ever taking one and, and end up kind of flipping it per se. But uh, in that same time frame, in 2017, we, uh, me and John, were introduced to the Macon area. Were asked about possibly putting an Amici in Macon. Um, we were approached by a developer who works with Mercer, and he had a couple locations that were kind of up and coming and he was building at the time. Um, one of them being right across the street from the Mercer football field. You know, make it not known for huge football, but again, Mercer was just creating their whole sports identity about two years before this, and we felt like it was a really good time to kind of get in. And they were able to give us a standalone store, which was the first Amici standalone store of its um, existence. So that was kind of nice. But at the same time, our corporate location didn't really have a blueprint for us. So we <laughs> kind of had to work with the, the guys that were there and work with our corporate um, our corporate guys and just kind of work it out to design. But again, if you've ever go and have ever been to you know, an Amici in, in Millersville or the Amici in Madison, and Covington, Conyers, um, Athens, you know, there's there's nine in the state of Georgia now and two in the state of South Carolina. They they aren't all the same on the outside, but if you go into them, the the ambiance and and what you get the food wise and server wise on the inside is what we are all known for. Um, that's one of the nice things is that you know you can we all have a different identity uh, as far as what we look like, um, as far as a building. But again, our food quality and our our service quality, all those aspects are what we harp on and we give to the customer that is all the same. And hopefully what keeps bringing everybody back. Um, that's what I think brings everybody back. As far, you know, that's, that's where we are now. I mean, my business partner own now, Amici Millersville, Amici Macon. We, uh, you know, we kind of came up to the ranks. We do have a potential another location in the in the prospects, but we're um, working on that right now, trying to figure out um, how how to work with where it is and if um, uh, if the timing's right. But um, the brand as Amici itself is a growing brand in the state of Georgia. I know there are a couple more franchises that are up and coming um, towards Atlanta, which I always get the request for. Um, <laughs> because uh, as you probably know, Cody, you know, like a, a lot of people from Millersville, that's where they head to. Um, they head to Atlanta. Um, that or they're Disney. from Atlanta. Yeah, or they're from Atlanta. That's where they come from. Um, but yeah, we, we have a lot of employees that, you know, come through Millersville or they go through Athens because we have Amici Athens up there as a, another franchise. Um, and they, they just know the name, they know that the great food and all, and they want to have more of it closer to them. So we're, we're hoping, and I think that our, our corporate is going to be getting a store open towards Atlanta in the, in the near future, in the next, maybe this year, might be 2022, but we'll see about that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's us in a nutshell so far. Um, what else can I say? Well, um, I have a lot of questions. So, sure. <laughs> one question is: I'm kind of curious. How does it work? Does the franchisor usually contact you and say, "Hey, I'm looking at opening a location in this area. Would you be interested?" Or would you contact him? Or I guess it could work both ways as well. Yes. So the answer is yes and yes. Um, okay. It, it can go both ways. Uh, so, <clears throat> kind of similar in how. Um, 
a lot of franchises have when you are a franchisee you you technically own the rights to a certain amount of area in your territory um, let's call it mm-hmm. and um, if if somebody was to contact the corporate location inside your own territory that you already own a franchise in, then you have the first right of refusal to be like, oh, well, they think this will work well in that area. Should, you know, do you want to have first interest in it or work with them or, you know, however that may go. Um, And then if you don't feel like that's the right time for yourself, then obviously they will have the rights to, to do it. Or other way is kind of how me and my business partner have done is, hey, we feel like this is a great location for an Amici. How do you guys at corporate feel like this will go? And then they will kind of come out, do a little bit of due diligence, help us track you know, car numbers um, and potential people in the area, who lives there, demographics, all like that. And um, and help us build our numbers from there. So yeah, it, okay. it can kind of go both ways. All right, and then I have another question. This one's more financial, but let's say you do find um, a location that you want to build one on. You talk to corporate; they okay it. Um, do they secure a loan or help you secure a loan, or do you get the loan? How does that work? That would be all on you as the individual. Um, yes, they can gladly help you. Um, we one of the kind of cool things um, for us as a smaller franchise is we are an SBA-backed company. Um, And what that means is that the Small Business Association um, in the state of Georgia does recognize Amici, the franchise, as a a growing company. So if you were to bring the – so if you were to go to an SBA-backed bank and say, hey, I'd like to get a loan because I want to help invest and build an Amici, they'd pull our SBA number – and they'd be like, oh, okay. So they, they are recognized, and that would help you greatly getting a, a loan and most likely an SBA-backed loan, which um, is super helpful because they help with the collateral, which one of the – and most of the time is the hardest part for somebody getting a loan is bringing the collateral to the table. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah. thinking especially for your first restaurant uh, yes. in Millsville, you had just gotten out of college as far as I understand, so sure. oh, I yeah. can't and imagine it was easy to get the loan. <laughs> it was not, um, and no doubt it was in 2008 when me and my business partner, John, you know, were trying to get this loan, and, um, and at that time we did go with an SBA loan, but we also had to bring in a couple um, – uh, they didn't bring money to the table, but they just brought collateral, um, which my father helped sign, and then John's uncle came in um, with some stuff as well because he already had he already did business with BB&T. So it was kind of one of those things where it was like, yeah, here you go. We'll, <laughs> we'll sign over everything that John and I have, but that's pretty much a car and a motorcycle. What else would you like from <laughs> us at the time? You know, we're, I was 25, John was 28. Um, so, you know, they're just kind of looking at us like, yeah, we'll gladly take those from you right now, but, um, <laughs> we're going to need a little bit bigger things. And, and, you know, that worked out. We, you know, that was like a 10 year loan. We paid it off in five years because of the way we work. Um, and you know, those things have been long gone and the collaterals, you know, paid off. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's a hard thing, you know, we don't have much to bring to the bank because, of course, they're looking for stuff that is very important and that if anything was ever happened, they can get their money back very quickly off of. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, that was that was fun in 2008. Okay, yeah, and that sounds good. It sounds like you were able to get a return on your investment within five years. They were. Um, was that the same for your other locations as well? Did those work out roughly the same? Uh. Yes, um, we actually did the same thing um, for 2000 or yeah, 2017. We did a, an SBA-backed loan, um, but with that one, you know, John and I had enough collateral at that time that we didn't have to have anybody else brought in. But it was the same scenario. You know, the SBA helped us out. Um, we got a good rate on it, and it's it's one of those loans that we'll be able to pay off pretty quickly at the rate the the restaurant is growing and making. And the, we're seeing the, the good 
you know, minus 2020 and all, but the the growth yeah. the growth we see there is going to help us out significantly, and we'll we'll get it paid off very quickly. Okay, and then I'm kind of curious if if you could imagine working by yourself, like being the franchisee by yourself. How many restaurants do you think you could handle? Like, is three like the maximum, or uh, five or six? <laughs> if I didn't have a business partner, yeah, man. Uh, two. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I, um, I, I feel like it's, it's kind of different probably from person to person. Um, mm-hmm. And my business partner and I, we prefer to, um, to kind of be hands-on. So we still work, you know, currently right now um, with our two locations, we still work, you know, two to three shifts at each location. So um, a week. So sometimes, you know, we might work six days a week, even being the owners. Um, mm-hmm. We might work four days a week each. Um, we might work five, just depending on the circumstance and, and what our, our other our management staff needs. But, um, you know, that's just kind of how I am individually. I, I like my staff to know my face, know my name. Um, and I think that's also one of the things that keeps – most of our Amici locations, um, I wouldn't say in business, but just maybe um, in the forefront of everybody else. Maybe a little bit better. You know, everybody's got to find that edge. And um, I think that the customer that comes in two to three times a week, seeing the owner or the general manager or just the managers in general, um, <laughs> there and knowing their name puts you on their lips and, and and on their, you know what, I'm going to go by and see Chris or, or Bob or Cody today because, you know what, they were nice to me yesterday. That's what I'm going to do. Um, I, that's how the industry is these days. We waiting for customers that are going next door due to 10 cents less. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, if, if it was to – if it was to uh, I, you know, me, probably two to three as an individual would probably be my cap just so that I could make my rounds and hang out with people. You know, I hear about the people that own like 10 Zaxby's and I'm just like, what do you do with your day? And how do you <laughs> handle that? I'm like, that. I, I would imagine I no they idea. drive a lot. <laughs> but Zaxby's is also a little I mean, bit man, different. I, I, uh... Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a, a fast food, so you're not you're not getting that personal connection with fast food really per se. But yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take you back a little bit to your college years. I mean, I'm trying to get inside your mind here, where you're you're going through and you just got your degree. At what point did you decide that you know maybe the restaurant business would be the right track for me? Um. So when we were, uh, well, one, I, as I said earlier, you know, I, I went to college. Um, I got a major in biology. I got a minor in chemistry. Um, and uh, my whole hope was um, to go to dental school, uh, get okay. a, <laughs> a, a degree, and be a dentist, um, be the first in my family to have a doctorate degree. And that was just kind of one of the hopes that I had had. Um, well, I, I did the whole, you know, went, did everything. I, you know, I even had biochemistry as, as one of my classes. I, uh, dentistry was my minor at, at the time. And um, I took the DAT for the state of Georgia about twice. I scored high enough, but it was kind of one of those things where um, back in 2007, I, I I don't have a doctor in my family. So I kind of didn't have those people pushing me and or being able to write me the references that I needed. Um, not to say that it's about who you know, but it's kind of about who you know. Um, and I kind of realized that I wasn't going to be able to probably get the high enough DAT score that I needed to get in to dental school. Um, and that's when me and John Joyner, my business partner, started talking to each other and that's when he was the kitchen manager and that's when I was the general manager and we were kind of discussing like, well, you know, they're franchising and we are good. What we do here, you know, what's the don't take over this thing? 
And um, I kind of talked to my dad about, you know, one being the uh, backer for me at the time and uh, just kind of went from there. And the the corporate guys, the, the guys that started Amici, the, the company, um, of course, they loved us because John and I had been there for, at that point, almost seven years. And they knew that we could run the place just as good as they could. Um, and they knew that the, the community loved us already. Uh-huh. And uh, and so yeah, I mean that that's how we got into it. Uh, just kind of we're like, you know what, We're good at this, so why not we? <laughs> why don't we take what we got here and just run with it? Okay, and then uh, I'm assuming while you were working there, working your way up through the restaurant, I mean you had to have enjoyed what you were doing to make this decision that you wanted to kind of franchise into it. So I mean, was there an aspect where you enjoyed working in the restaurant industry as well? Even, you know, of course, employees, you know, now, you know, as an owner, they're like, oh, what do you do when you go home? You just kick it up and, you know, <laughs> lay back when you go home? I'm like, yeah, totally. That's exactly what I do. No, like I go <laughs> home and I'm I'm the one that cooks for the family. You know, I, I have two kids now. So I go home and I'm like the, the first one to, I don't, I don't even take my clothes off from work. I, I get in the kitchen. I start cooking, you know, cutting up stuff. And cooking to me is, uh, you know, to say it passion it is but it's also just kind of one of those things that I just love to do and I'm good at um, mm-hmm. it's also kind of one of the things that relaxes me um, it's, it's weird to say that you know even washing dishes is relaxing to me because it's one of those points where especially in my house if I'm washing dishes that means I'm not having to do anything else <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, it's it's you know it's, it's good and fun and um, when you Again, you get become good at it, and you know what you're doing. It's it's just kind of second nature to you. But yeah, I mean, it was the cooking aspect for me. Um, the business part of it comes um, kind of second nature to me. Um, my my father runs his own business, and uh, he was a entrepreneur as well, to the point of you know he still runs his own business and, and has you know, for a good many years now. And I obviously wanted to kind of grow up and, and run something of my own at some point. But uh, this was an opportunity to let myself shine and, and be able to do and be your own boss. That's one of the biggest things that people always ask about too, you know, is being your own boss as a as an owner and a franchisee is how does that work out. So it's it's fun and interesting at the same time. <laughs> Okay. Uh, now I have another question, and this will kind of tie into a question I have further down the line relating to some of the like challenges that you have, specifically being uh, the owner-operator. But if the franchisee option was not available to you, if they weren't trying to expand, and you were still a general manager, do you think you would have you know, liked to stay in that career? Um, probably. I mean, I, I think that... Um, if, if John and I probably wouldn't have been able to purchase at that time, you know, back then, I, I, I would say not to, not to think that I wouldn't have been able to flourish anywhere else, but I think that that's where I probably would still be. Um, it maybe not in Amici, but maybe at a, a different kind of aspect of the service and food industry. But I, again, um, one of the things I, I've given a lot of interviews that I say is just the 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 person-to-person contact that you get, the interaction that you get to have is is fun for me. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, just being able to to give somebody you know a, an experience when they come into an Amici, or again if you're working with somebody else, um, <laughs> just to uh, you know, oh man, that's my favorite drink, or that's my favorite sandwich, my favorite shot. That's what I come here for. And to be able to give that to them and them relay that that excitement or that interaction back to you is um, it no matter what's going on, no matter if the economy's good, the economy's bad, or they're having a bad day or a good day, people always have a um, you know what they think of as a good experience at a restaurant or or you know a drinking place or something like that, you know a bar, 
that's what they kind of remember. Um, I feel like that most likely, yes, I would probably still be in the same industry um, of okay. some sort. And this kind of relates to what I'm thinking would be a big challenge in, uh, as an owner-operator is kind of like maintaining your workforce because people don't necessarily you know, want to be a, a server or a bartender or something for their whole career. So I, I guess I'm curious... How do you? How does uh, an owner-operator plan to maintain the workforce without them seeking out, like, just going to, a, you know, another sure. business that's expanding? You know what I mean? Uh, literally, we talk about that every manager's meeting, which is once a month for us. Um, that is a topic that is who's leaving, why are they leaving, what's, you know, what's the plan to get other people in. Um, even more so here in, in Millersville, but we still talk about it at every manager's meeting at our Macon store as well, too. Um, it's just one of those things. It happens. Um, the service industry is known for it continuously. Um, turnover is high. Uh, even more so right now with what's going on in the um, economy and what's not going on in the economy. Um, but we, uh, I, I think that we approach it very very well uh we we try to get ahead of it you know if somebody gives us their two weeks that's awesome then we try to get ahead of it if somebody gives us their three days then you know (laughs) um that's what's going to happen and that's what we're going to have to figure out but we um we we find we're we're trying to work towards finding people that want to appreciate the field currently um which is what, again, kind of like I was like, or, and my business partner was like back in the day. Um, to where, like, you know, yeah, it's not going to be your favorite thing for the next um, three or four years, but you're going to learn a lot. And that's what we try to tell people, um, especially in the Millersville location, that you're going to learn a lot of things before you graduate college, um, especially in your classes. Now, you're going to learn a lot of things from us here at work as well, too, and those are going to be probably a lot of things that are going to help you in the day-to-day when you move on to this next field that you're going to be in. Um, if that's, you know, uh, I have ex-employees that they are assistants to, um, you know, Kemp and the, uh, um, up at, at, at the state capitol um, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends that are work for, and ex-employees that work for probably almost every liquor distributor in the state of Georgia, almost everyone. Um, you know, we have a lot of people that pass on from us, and they will call me back or they'll they'll text me. I just literally got one yesterday. Hey, I'd like to put you down for a uh, reference. Would you like to do that? This guy hasn't worked for me for four years, and he wants to put mm-hmm. us down as a reference because he's like, I loved working with you guys. I know what you'll say about me. Um, and it's just kind of one of those areas where if you stick your time out, you're going to get a great return on either what we have to say about you or what you learn from the process of working in the industry. I always say, too, that I think everybody should at least work one day as a server or a cook, um, and you will forever understand <laughs> the sympathy or the tip um, line in the uh, restaurant industry. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one yeah. of those things. Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like uh, what you're saying is, like, there's a lot of principles you can learn working in this industry, whether it be business or soft skills. No doubt. And whatnot, no doubt. That you can easily apply elsewhere. Um, and, and it sounds like even then you still expect a lot of high turnover rate just because of the industry. Yeah. Uh, so it's just something that has to be expected, and you have to take that on. I mean, that's going to be a continual part of your job. It's not something you can be like, okay, I got these people. I'm set for 20 years. I wish. Man. <laughs> three years. I wish we would be set for three years sometimes. Um. <laughs> I imagine that a lot of your employees are almost on a four-year schedule with college. They, they are in Millersville. Um, it almost even kind of runs a little bit less than that. You know, we've had ones and probably still have ones that are there that have been for four years. Um, but uh, it's a lot of almost even like, mm, I would say 12 months, you know, because some, we get them as sophomores and then they get to the seniorish era and they're like, I got to focus on my dissertation. 
or I've got to focus on my senior exit exam. Um, or you get the ones that come in as a junior and then they're graduating in, you know, 12 months and then they're out. Uh, but yeah. we also get the ones that, um, you know, they graduate and they're like, you know what, I don't want to do anything. I definitely am not moving back home with my mom and dad. Um, I'm like, that's cool. Just take your time. You, uh, <laughs> you decide that later. Um, we like those, of course. Um, but, uh, and like at our Macon location, we have a lot of people that work two jobs um, just because that's kind of the area there that it's, it's a little bit higher uh, amount of people that live there. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, you can get people that they've worked in fast food for a lot. So they're kind of, you know, coming into a Michi style of cooking or being on the line or being the servers a little different because we are a sit down restaurant. So we kind of, they will come in with two jobs and maybe want to work there, you know, a couple of days a week. But then they find that they like working to meet you a little bit better. It's more structure, more consistent pace of, of things. Um, and then we'll be able to get them on as a full-time employee. But you, you get the ones that, and again, it's still the similar situation as Millersville where you don't know how long that employee is going to be there um, from the beginning because of, you know, what they're wanting from the whole situation in general. But uh, it's, it's different different age groups, similar mm -hmm. similar situations in, in who we're hiring. <laughs> and do you ever find yourself almost like seeking candidates who want to be in the restaurant industry and maybe see themselves like you and maybe trying to franchise in somewhere? Uh, probably uh, at least once a month. Um, I okay. get an employee <laughs> that says, you know, John, Bob, I want to be like you guys. How, how do I get that far? Or, you know, I mean, um, you know, I have managers that are like, yeah, you know, like I, I want to stick with you guys because I want to learn the ropes and I want to be allowed to be a franchisee um, for y'all growing up. Um, for and, they, and a lot of times the managers see the growth in our company um, more than, of course, some of the, you know, the day-to-day -day employees do. But... Uh, but yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. And that's where actually two, maybe three of our franchisees have come from. Um, the guy that owns Amichi Monroe used to be an employee of ours in um, Millersville. Um, mm -hmm. the, the guy that owns Amichi Athens, he worked at the Brick in Millersville. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, you get, one, you get those people that are in the industry and they recognize what's going on inside our organization um, of Amici and they realize that, man, I, if I like the food industry, this looks like a great organization to be part of. So, um, so yeah, it, you know, you, you got to like the, the food industry, you know, obviously dealing with customers on a day-to-day -day basis is, you know, one of the top things, but if you see that and, and you like it, then people um, definitely kind of come and gravitate towards Amici as a, as a growing brand for sure. Mm -hmm. Now I imagine since you were so young entering in uh, this industry as a franchise owner, um, I imagine your learning curve was quite steep, even though you worked in the industry for almost a decade up until then. So I guess what would you say are the most important lessons you learned in those first you know, a couple of years. Um, stay in school for business. Stay in school for business. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just really, you know, wanting to, um, gosh, uh, not the, to say know what you want to do, but, you know, when, when I went back to take those continuing education classes um, at Georgia College, you know, I was, I was brought into the pretty much the forefront of just business education in general pretty quickly. I, I didn't know those things um, because obviously I, I was in you know the the Hurdy Hall at um, the science department for most of my college career. Just knowing your basic business skills um, is very beneficial, um, and that's one of the things that I still encounter to this day where people are like, "Wow." I, how do you know so much about business or whatever? I'm just like, look, I, 
I've had to learn it the hard way. You know, like I, I can tell you what I know, but I can't teach you how I got it because mm -hmm. I had to learn it the hard way. And, and again, our CPA is a local guy. He, I, I use him as just a kind of a question block a lot. Um, and, and even our, um, uh, our uh, in-house in attorney guy that's our, our local lawyer, you know, just asking him questions. You know, those were the first two people that John and I met with before we even decided to buy into this franchise um, was, one, you need somebody to solidify your paperwork, obviously, as a lawyer, and then you need a, a CPA, a good one, to help you understand what you didn't know at the time. I have learned from them over the years. I have learned how to do my own QuickBooks, um, learned, you know, P&Ls, um, and, and even more so, our CEO, Mike Torino, has taught us about knowing your taxes, knowing what your food percentage should be on a day-to-day -day basis, not a, not a weekly or even a monthly basis, but a day-to-day. -day. Um, huh. Those are things that are hard to learn um, just, you know, out in the field, but it's, uh, it's one of the things that is, you know, once you kind of get into it and you're there for an amount of time and you're taught it, very, obviously, that's what you're working towards. You know, we're... Our industry, the service industry, is a, it's sad and kind of crazy to say, but it's a, <laughs> it's a penny industry, um, and that means that our margins are penny-ish, and the fact that, you know, when somebody doesn't scoop out the bucket of ranch and they don't save those extra two ounces, that's two ounces of margin of, you know, that we could be making um, and selling, you know, for 50 cents here and be making that um, kind of thing. And that's what, you know, people don't see and um, if you don't know. But, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I would say just kind of learning the, the business side of it is, is one of the things that's um, most beneficial. And, again, can, you can learn economics in a book, but seeing it in person and understanding it, again, when it's your own money, <laughs> um, <laughs> that is, plays a whole different role than just let's build an Excel spreadsheet and this is what projections should look like. Um, mm -hmm. So... It sounds very similar to basically every other career that I've uh, interviewed so far, but especially teachers, like you learn a lot in school, but you learn probably more teaching in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, like you, if you are not, you know, again, if it's not your money on the line or it's not your hard, um, your signature at the bottom, you know, that's kind of hard to explain and, and hard to get to understanding. But when you're working towards this goal of I've got to succeed, you know, I've got to keep my business in business to keep my employees employed, then that's a different scenario. Um, so, yeah, you know, you, you've got to be out there, you know, working every day to make that happen. Uh, so I've got another question about the franchise, um, I guess, how that works. So I imagine in some franchises, when they're picking their franchisees, they're, they, they're almost applying like it's a job in a way. And some of them, I think, have requirements that you have, like a college degree or whatnot. Did they have that requirement uh, when you were looking to franchise? Uh, not really. So um, the uh, I haven't really probably even looked over it lately, but what the franchise requirements are you know, for Amici. Um, but it, I don't think it is a requirement like that. I think they do say that you need to have had at least two years minimum um, in the industry to, to apply. So at least you do have some sense of, you know, because again, um, like I was saying you know, previously, the, the franchises that have kind of thrived are the ones that have their the owners have their hands on and are in their stores, working on the line, day to day, seeing their customers. Um, so if you aren't able to do that um, at the moment, you know, not you know down the road. I don't know how the the Michi brand will be, but the moment that's just what 
we are known for is is that kind of situation and that ambiance. So um, it's uh, I think that they that's the kind of style of um, franchisee they're looking for at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. Not one that you know has gone to Harvard or gone to business school, though it helps um, for understanding, yeah. especially the numbers side of things. But again, um, you know what is who the people that are out there selling your brand for you are the people that are out there day to day showing their face and things like that. So it's um, <clears throat> there's I, I know there are a few stipulations. Um, but uh, it definitely doesn't require you know you to have gone to all these degrees of, of school. Mm-hmm. So I've read a couple of your other interviews that you've had in the past, and it's it's actually kind of interesting. You kind of predicted COVID a little bit. One of the <laughs> things that you said uh, that you think the industry is changing, and what you were going ahead and trying to implement in your restaurant was you saw that more people were wanting to do takeout food and everything, and I imagine that helped with COVID a lot. Yeah, sure. Um, but I'm kind of curious, how has the field changed other than that um, over your career, and how do you foresee it changing? I, my kind of initial idea is that you would have a lot more data analytics looking at what foods people are getting and tracking that almost to like the every single meal level. Um, again, yes, yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I personally, um, and again, like I said just a little bit ago, you know, we have a manager's meeting every um, once a month at both of our locations. Well, it's basically every three weeks, though. Um, but anyway, I, I just got done with the one from Millersville yesterday, and my my start of the meeting was, here's 2021. We are forever changed, forever going <laughs> forward. No matter what aspect of the restaurant you are looking at currently, it is forever changed. Um, and I just say that just because... Uh, let's say mask, for instance, uh, most likely we will be wearing masks in the front of house for our servers, managers, everybody that's contacting with the guests for probably the rest of 2021. Um, that's different. You know, um, we are, you know, we are going to step above that. We are still requiring our back of house and our cooks, our food runners, everybody to still wear masks, uh, just because we want to keep our guests and our employees, uh, safe. Um, so those are different protocols for us. Like you were talking about, you know, to-go food and delivery. <clears throat> yeah, we had to close down in 2020 for, you know, for almost uh, 60 to 70 days almost. And that helped us, or that didn't help us, but that allowed us to reconfigure our, what was going to be our plan reopening. Reopening meant curbside and delivery. Uh, we took on DoorDash. We took on another delivery system, and that was were the only ways we were making money at that time. So, you know, of course, we're we're trying to work with those avenues now even more um, because people know we're available, and that's kind of one of the big things that people didn't know before um, was, oh man, I can get all this food delivered to me um, <laughs> easily by a click of a mouse or, or going through my phone, through an app. Um, and, you know, other ways are, um, and this is at a, on our corporate and our whole, like, franchise level, is just look at, look at the industry itself um, as a whole. Uh, the, the brands, the names that are going to survive this and that have survived it, they're going to have to change and adapt um, you know, we're going to make a few changes going into probably second quarter for, for 2021 for Amici, the brand. Um, mm-hmm. And those are kind of changes that just are going to be needed just for us to not survive because um, I think we're going to make it. But just to, to be like, look, you know, we saw what 2020 gave us. This is what we're going to need to do in 2021. Um and those are just going to be small things. You know, they're, they, they're not going to be like price adjustments, but they're going to be like, okay, let's look at, again, what you said. Let's look at the analytic, analytics of this whole situation. Let's take the Google Analytics. Let's take um, our POS data and, and learn from that. That's what is going to keep us in business um, going forward. 
is just making sure that we are paying attention to the numbers uh, and, and, and using those numbers in our best interest of, of growing than not just being like, oh yeah, it looks like we've only sold two buffalo chicken subs this month. Let's just keep it on the menu. Like, okay, well, <laughs> across the board, has everybody only sold two buffalo chicken subs? Then that's a problem. Um, that's something we need to address and fix that and move forward. So yeah, um, that's a, a yeah. really good point. You might have like the you might have a really good chicken sub, but if like say the restaurant down the street has might have another a, one, might have a slightly better one or you know, comparable then they might be taking the business from that sub, so totally. why not just take that one off the menu or, or revamp it or something? And, and yeah, and you get the ones, you know, um, I'm not sure, you know, last time you've probably been back to Millersville, but, you know, we have a Jimmy John's. <laughs> we've got um, Sucheros. Uh, we've got a, a lot of other places that are a little bit faster. You know, they're not fast food, but they, they're like a kind of in between fast food and sit down. Correct. Fast, a little more expensive than fast food, yeah. but not quite as expensive as sit down. Yes, correct. You know, and that's and they come with a whole name brand with them. Um, mm-hmm. Again, and that's what Amici wants to get to is they want to come. They want to get to that point where the name means just as much as the quality of food and the and the experience does. Um, and I think we're getting there very soon. But again. You know, if you dropped a Chipotle in the middle of downtown Millersville, people would lose their shit. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's kind of, it's, uh, I mean, you can kind of see that type of restaurant emerging a little bit. You see yeah. Zaxby's kind of gearing more towards it. Correct. And then on the other end of the spectrum, even you. Yeah. Like offering more pickup and to-go, or you're kind of merging towards it and making quick available food. Exactly. Kind of, and that's one of the things that we're going to get towards um, for here for 2021 is just kind of, you know, minimizing our menu to the items that we sell the best of. Yes, mm-hmm. like you just said, somebody sells a buffalo chicken sub down the street, but do we sell one that is is comparable or just as good or better than that one? Then, then yeah, then let's keep selling ours. Okay, and well, what about our, you know, whatever, chicken Philly sub? Does it sell just as good? And, and that's not just like a vote situation. It's a numbers thing. We're going to look at numbers okay. versus all of our locations and what sells the best at all of our locations, and let's move forward with those things um, and, and go from there. And, and like, yeah, I, I agree with your whole Zaxby's thing. You know, look at what they're doing. They're changing the layout of their entire locations to feed more people to go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're building what is called the Red Barn location. And those are, um, they're basically, you know, a smaller footprint inside for guests to dine in, bigger kitchen. That's to feed more to-go food. Um, if that was foreseen or not, you know, with the whole COVID thing, who knows? But that's the way their brand is going now. And it's, a gr- again, if that's, what they're about, then that's a great direction for them because, I mean, they're going to be able to pump out more food and the more food and more bags, you know, you sell into go places, the, the higher your return is going to be. So, um, but yeah, that's, for some places like that, that's going to be the direction they're going to end up, you know, leading towards. Yeah, and I think I think adaptability is a sign of a strong business. So that's Correct, yes. The immediate adaptability. The ability to yeah. see the, you know, What's the writing on the wall? Who's able to to adapt quickly to it? No matter if it's a, a long-term thing or if it's a, a, a thing where we're just going to figure out for right now and go from there. Um, I think that's uh, – you hit the nail on the head. Like I think that's just how it's going to be. Now, in another um, interview that I read where you had answered some questions – you had um someone asked you what were the most important things and some of the things that you mentioned were the franchisor relationship legal Mm -hmm. representation a good accountant and location you've kind of talked about some of those but Mm -hmm. i wouldn't mind if you could go in a little bit more in depth on legal representation why it's important and also your franchisor relationship um yeah no doubt uh first um Franchise or relationship, I feel like that 
you know, that's got to yeah. that's got to be a mandatory thing. You know, I mean, that's got to be a very strong situation. Um, and it's you know, it's different probably for every franchise. Um, I don't know anything outside of Amici um, yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have dabbled and tried to get into you know one or two other ones, but it's been based off where we were trying to go. It <clears throat> hasn't happened yet, but. You know, for us, um, our franchise to franchi- franchise or to franchisee um, connection has just been, you know, it's 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 a big one because Don and I worked for the brand before it became a franchise, um, so that that alone has really kind of helped us um, with with even more so helping them. Um, they still will come to pretty much me and him and one or two other of the franchisees that I've been in way before they became a, a you know Amici the corporation and ask our opinion. You know you don't get that at a Dunkin' Donuts or a Jimmy John's or a um, Five Guys situation. You know you, that gets dealt down to you. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, Mellow Mushroom that gets dealt down to you. You know like if the day comes where they say look, you're going to stop making your own dough in your own stores. We're going to shift this to you. I, probably you don't have much of a choice. Um, you know, for us, we we get to at least um, once every three months, you know, once a quarter, I think now, you know, we get to meet with a, a small group that John and I are involved with that is part of those decisions for the company of Amici. And that's still cool. Mm-hmm. Um that's really nice. Uh, you know, they don't have to take our opinions. They can, they literally can go by the numbers like we talked about before. If, you know, they see the numbers are not trending the way they want, they can make the changes that they want and, you know, we would roll with it and we would see the outcome. <laughs> um, you know, if it was good or bad, no matter what it was. Uh, but um, I, I think that, that that connection for us as franchisee to franchisor is a big one, and I think that's one of the things that has helped it grow um, as quick as, quickly as Amici has in the franchising world is just because people have seen me and John's connection um, and our other franchisees' connection with the, the original guys and how they still have that you know, not to say a buddy-buddy connection, but it's still one of those things where I can call up Chris if I got off the phone right now and called him. He would answer my call, and we would just talk about whatever we needed to do. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, you got to call a secretary and be like, oh, yeah, please put me in line to get to touch him, you know. So um, I think that's a, a win for us. I don't, again, I don't know how it is about, you know, with other franchises. Um, I, I, I like ours. <laughs> Uh, it's a good way. Um, and it's really definitely a, it's a person-to-person connection. Um, the others, you know, the other one is, is being your representation. I mean, that hands down has got to be there. And I, I say that for you as a person who might not know, you know, all of the the laws. But then also for the day comes when you end up getting sued, <laughs> it will come because when you have you know, what people consider money or, and, and, you know, you have your own business, you have whatever, something more than somebody else has, they're going to try to make that their prerogative to sue you. Um, so it, it has happened for us, has, is happening, you know, um, and it's very important for you to have somebody that can help you out in those situations. And, and you know, more on a personal level of just having a, a representation of, they understand what you need within the industry. Okay. And then, yeah, I think this was enlightening for me because I don't think many people kind of have a good grasp on the franchisee-franchisor relationship. But a lot of the responsibility is on the franchisee owner, which is something that I I wouldn't have necessarily expected. (laughs) I'll kind of end it with something a little bit more fun. And, of course... I'm definitely going to give Amici's a big shout out because, I mean, it's great food. I enjoyed going there when I was in Milledgeville. One of my favorite foods there is the calzone, 
Yeah. Uh, my wife, she really likes the pasta there. She thinks the pasta at Amici's is the best out of all the ones downtown. And for those listeners who are not familiar with Middle Georgia, Middle Georgia, even though it's a pretty small town, has very stiff competition downtown in terms of restaurants. Like, when I say Amici's is, you know, a great restaurant downtown, all the other restaurants downtown are also great. It's really tough competition. <laughs> like... Honestly, if I'm going downtown, I'm usually making my decision either based on what kind of atmosphere I want to eat in, which they're kind of similar but a little different in their own way. And also, if there's a specific dish I want from a specific restaurant. (laughs) Sure. And with that being said, it's kind of funny. I feel like with college students, it's almost cult-like. Some people are like the Brick people. Some people are like Buffington's people. Some people are Michi's. (laughs) And it's just kind of funny. Um, they are. They are. And you can tell that Amici's is is at least going in the right direction because you kind of see the other restaurants doing the same thing. You see the brick extending a restaurant out into Macon as well. And it's it's kind of eerily funny. But, um, yeah, if you, if you are near Milledgeville or if you have a kid who goes to GCNSU and if you go down and visit them, I would highly suggest going and checking out Amici's. They have great food. Great atmosphere. Georgia College, yeah. you know it's only GC now, right? Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's it's shortly turned <laughs> to just GC now, so that that's is, funny. That is us. My my mother went there when it was all women's college. I my, my mother-in-law did, too. So yeah. She's, and it was... a, she's a nurse practitioner, so she went there to be, you know, do that and, and, and the nursing program, so. Yeah. Um, GCNSU's changed a lot over the days, and uh, it used to be called something different. I can't remember what it was called when it was a women's college, though. It was just, um, oh, of course, if we weren't talking about it, I could totally name it for you. Um, <laughs> yes, it was named something. I think it just was named Georgia's Women's College. I think G. Yeah, that does women, sound right. GWC. I think that was it. Um, yeah, it was something like that. But yes, I totally know that as well, too. <laughs> But, okay, so uh, my fun question here is, A, what is your favorite menu item uh, at Amici's? And then additionally, you know, if you were forced to go to one of the other restaurants downtown Millsville, what's your go-to plate of food? Sure. Um, I think currently, probably to this day, mine and my wife's favorite food is, for Amici, buffalo chicken garchimara. Um, it was actually created by an old employee who took Gartrimar, um, which if you have not been to Millersville, um, stands for garlic cheese marinara. So Gartrimar is a word that we made up in Amici world. Um, and we, we made a word out of it, made an item for it. And therefore, uh, later down the road, she, the employee at the time back in like, you know, 2000, she made, um, she decided that she really liked our buffalo chicken sandwich. So she took that and made it into the Garchimar buffalo version, which now is a staple across all of the Michi. <laughs> um, you know, so that's probably, uh, I would have to say, the favorite item. Um, for another place that I would like to, you know, um, frequent. <laughs> I don't really get to get out to eat out that much, um, mm-hmm. especially downtown, um, just because you know I work downtown. But or even at a, obviously just working um, a lot in general. But I would probably say you know I think one of the other places we, we probably frequent is it's a uh, it's called the Real Grill. It's uh, it's right down the street from us um, and on uh, Wayne Street. But it is uh, it's kind of your southern gourmet-ish mm-hmm. um, items. Um, obviously kind of stuff that we don't sell, ribeyes, um, seafood, <laughs> um, you know, the, the nicer things kind of like that. But it's a uh, it's really nice setup. Um, and it's actually located in an old bank there in downtown Milledgeville. And uh, it's, a, it's a good, just good... Um, Again, atmosphere similar to like how Amici is. You know, it's it's really a lot about how the service and the atmosphere is, and they've they've definitely narrowed and got that down pat. 
but uh, but yeah, the guys are real, real good. Okay, and do you have any last minute advice for someone who's kind of wanting to get into this type of career, a franchise? Maybe not necessarily, uh, not necessarily a Michi's, but you know they want to do an owner operator type thing. Yeah, uh, you know, biggest thing is just is to get to know, you know, your organization that you want to join. Um, you know, making sure that you're going into, you know, a group of either people or an organization that is gonna. Uh, you know, get you through the hard times. Um, look what we had to get through for 2020, uh, and, and and grow as a brand if they aren't already a big brand, um, and and have their name out there. And if they are, then do they have the stuff? And do they have um, you know the 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 clientele to follow that that name? Um, that's just kind of you know doing your due diligence is very important. Uh, of course, nowadays more than any, um, just wanting to to be, you know, part of everything. All right, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this interview with me. Uh, I thought it was a great interview. I think people will learn a lot listening to it. Oh, well, yeah, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thank you for calling me. All right, thanks. You have a good evening. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Cody. See ya.